people get sick of surveys and are surveyed, aren't surveyed to death. So that's, I mean, there's sort of practical advice. There's also, when you talk about how you're going to use the results, one of the things I think that's happened today, too, is that even before you get any concrete results, you can use the process to see, can we go further? And some of the institutions that um, are um, um, highlighted here have used the process even before they got the survey results to make plans for the future, plans to change. Um, so they've gone forward without having to wait for the specific survey results. I think you'll find this extremely helpful. Um, but, you know, when you do a survey or a study of any kind, do any kind of research, then the question is, now what? Well, not just to do it, to do the exercise in the abstract, but how are you going to use the results? And so, um, how will the results be presented, I think, is something that um, could profitably be discussed now. How will the results be presented to the group that works on the ISAS? How will the results be presented to the units that those people represent? How will the results be presented to the entire university community, to the other campuses that might get involved, to the administration, to the faculty, to the students themselves? Um, and it probably makes sense to have a plan for that and also to know where you're going so that there are no secrets. I mean, so that this isn't seen as some kind of um, um, uh, secret operation in order to do something or manipulate things at Penn State. So um, I, I think that um, we might profitably talk now about what ways you think you might use the results and how will you present them once you have them. Have you thought about that? Does anybody have any ideas? Well, I do know in May we're doing an adult learner update for the Board of Trustees. So that might be a, a good opportunity to at least raise some of the yeah. information and the data. It's coming forward. That would be a good, that's a good opportunity. Yeah. 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 And that also gives you a deadline to aim for, to, to get something organized. Is, is that, that's, Kathy's just asking, is it doable to have that information by May? I guess if we start over Christmas holidays. So <laughs> 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 now we're going to learn this down in the world. We might need to do that two-day retreat. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's very quick because it's electronic. It's very quick. Yeah. So even if you administered it in um, in May, well, it's in May. Okay. If you administered it in April, you could probably. The only part of it is it needs to be the Noel Evans um, information needs to be synthesized with the ISAS. Yeah. Yeah. So that takes a couple of weeks, but it's, I think it's really doable. You know, it, it may just depend on your own time resources, too, because you've got a number of you working on several of the committees. But um, instead of thinking about this as something that has to be done sequentially, you might have some overlap and do this concurrently while you're still working, the team internally working on the ISS, be starting the process of working with the students um, and, and at least creating the awareness that they're going to be doing this so that you could compress the time a bit. But, but I, I certainly think that based on turnaround time for both of the instruments, 
that having something by the end of April, given the dates that you've just been discussing, is certainly possible. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. When, does the, uh, <laughs> when does the CE Council meet? March. Oh, that's way too early. Yeah, but we could be we could give them an update of what we're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you could even talk about the next so what has come out of your discussions. Mm -hmm. It could be informal. You don't need to show them data. Martha, the adult learner conference yes, today's Hendrick conference. Oh, it was in April, wasn't it? No, that's in May. 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 May 7th. Because uh -huh. so we could do a session then too. Yeah. At least, again, to create the awareness yeah. of mm -hmm. what's going on. Um, once <clears throat> students uh, take the time to fill out the survey, Will they? Will there be any way to let them know? Um, do you think that might be uh, something to think about too? You know, um, just because they they've helped move along the process, will they be getting any kind of report or? Any, I think the Life Learner News letter. Yeah, that's a good and idea. Is, is there any reason why this can't be put on a, a website and shared that way? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Give, give the students and the newsletter the, the web, web page and share it with the university community. Mm -hmm. In fact, we're trying to, um, Darren shared with me that as, as we continue to work this new website, that one of the things that happens is you get higher in the search engines by more refreshment of material. So we're trying to add new material regularly to the website, and it may be that we could take pieces and periodically, you know, every two weeks there's a new little yeah. data fact or something out there going on on the website. So. We'll have to present an EP at some point in time. Executive team is the over and outreach that will be important. Um, you mentioned something though, um, Ruth, that I hadn't. A lot of things I hadn't thought of, but one that just came up was this issue of all the committee members and how do they start to impact their units. I mean, in our mm -hmm. group, it's one thing, but Betty and Jane and uh, those groups, how's that going to work? We've got the fall conference. There could be a session at fall conference, and that's usually attended by academic advisors from colleges, academic colleges. From all the campuses. It's an enrollment management conference for all the campuses. But we have now, what, five monthly meetings of the whole enrollment management staff that it can be shared. I mean, there are a lot of avenues to share the information. And um, even our own. Yeah, institutional assessment. Yeah, I, I would like to see it put on our own. Our intranets, though, also, mm -hmm. so that you know mm -hmm. people can go in and maybe the same way put some pieces of it and then encourage them to go back and, right. and look is again. That any, would work very nicely. Is there any avenue on the academic faculty side of the house? Well, one of the things that I was thinking that once we identify the logistics of how we're going to um, get the survey to the students, we're going to want to involve the faculty in mm -hmm. encouraging 
So when we intended to have an early January faculty meeting, mm -hmm. and at that faculty meeting we could talk about this. This is what we're doing, and you know, this is this is how uh, we've thought about it. What are their suggestions? To, because the faculty may have some really good suggestions mm -hmm. for us um, that we might want to incorporate there too. But it, but at least they would know. Okay, they're going to do this. And I'm going to be asked to announce it, and the students, and encourage the students, and mm -hmm. all that kind of thing, so that they're feeling like part of the team. We have the newswire too. I mean, yeah, it's how far do you? Penn State, I think, is is pretty good with with avenues to share information, and it's and it's a, a university-wide newswire through email. Right. You know, the other thing is, didn't. Governor Rendell was just talking about fire learning assessment mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing. Said so the governor, governor, our people who interact with the government folks government. might be able to share that mm -hmm. with. Um, well, Ms. Kales, Kales we're consulting with them. Yes. Oh, you're the consultant for them. Industry yeah. on um, that project. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure I, that they know what Penn State's been doing mm -hmm. in this regard. It, I think I knew that, but you know, it just. <laughs> you probably knew it from the conference, yeah. I think I knew it from the conference, yeah. you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, has any thought been given to using this information, if it's positive, as marketing for the program? Is that a possibility? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. That would be good. Heck, uh, I was just wondering whether, um, you know, we're, we're trying to establish more of a community presence uh, here and across the territory, mm -hmm. and even trying to get into um, op-ed or newspaper or PR piece out of marketing or something like that. Even if it wasn't talking about the results, but the fact that we're concentrating on looking at them. I think we can put it on the portal, which, you know, a lot of people are across the state system have access to, um, I would caution against um, making the results public, public because you know, it, is, it is Penn State information and, you know, it's a gap analysis. Yeah. So you really yeah. don't want the public having access to your gap analysis. So within the Penn State system, yes, you need to disseminate it very widely. Um, but I'm not so sure about things like the newswire or uh, avenues that would take it outside. Um, you, know, you don't want to put it on the um, Capital Newswire or Penn State Newswire and those kinds of places. Certainly within Penn State, um, you know, the portal is, is password protected access mm -hmm. to Penn State. You know. Marketing Research has a portal. Uh, where they put all this stuff and they can get access to it. We, we, we uh, have a, a central repository for all the research where, um, you know, uh, authorized people, those who work within outreach and then within Penn State can get a password and have access to certain levels of information there. And uh, we can certainly put it there. A lot of people will have access to it. 
One of, one of the questions that comes up to me when you're talking about what do you do with the information after the fact is also what do we do to let all the places know that we're doing it before we actually start to do like the self-assessment. When you talk about going to a conference and or these internal meetings, does it make sense to let everybody who might be at those internal meetings know we're doing it in advance and if they wanted to be involved, they could be involved or, you know, some kind of build support for just the fact you're doing it broader than the individuals. Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea, Chris, because um, we can use all the representatives on this committee as boundary spanners, essentially, uh, to be sharing information within their own units about what's happening. That's a great idea. This made me think of someone, um, either Annette or um, someone from Bill Curley's uh, three-person unit. Could be, because Annette's doing a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could either bring Annette in or um, Bill and I have talked about, since we didn't get any volunteers for the, from the campuses, that we might just ask somebody, but we could certainly mm -hmm. ask Annette or we may just ask some of the campuses too to just sit on it. Everybody has a lot to do. That's yeah. always the problem. I just had a thought in terms of just saying it's inviting people to be part of the process. You again, you, you want to be careful that you're not one of like a fifty person yeah. group. But what if people are? If you announce that there's this is going on and people want to be involved, there might be a way to. Take a little bit of that continuous loop that Merrillhurst that Merrillhurst model of that if they say they want to interact with it once you have gotten the survey you know completed that that could go out or at least the sections that are relevant to that person's expertise could go out to them for some comment. Yeah. I was trying to think even if there would be an electronic way to do it. Like Wayne said, everybody's so busy, but if. If I knew that something was happening, I might take the 10 to 15 minutes to fill out the internal survey just to see what it said, you know, just to see what the questions are, especially like if I worked in financial aid and there was a section that was an internal assessment of financial aid, I'd want to go down through and say, okay, what are they looking at? Right. You know, um, so it might just be another way of getting more feedback in an informal way. It's, it could be sort of like legislature. You could have comment period. Well, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. I think if you tell me that you're going to be quote evaluating my performance ahead of time, and then afterwards I see how I did, it's a lot better than after. If I get the results afterwards, I say, wait a second, <laughs> who said that? <laughs> you know. So it, at least it could give you some value. Mm -hmm. Martha just left, but um, we had also talked about when we were in original discussions about the possibility that Pam Tate would come to talk to our chancellors from the campuses. Oh, wow. Um, and so it may be that we would uh, try to find a time, we'd have to find one convenient when all the chancellors are here, and it may not be till next fall, actually, because May, forget it after yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, perhaps. So fall of 2000. Yeah. And that seven, would be two thousand seven. Yes, yeah. sorry. Um, and you know, I think that's that's a stunning idea in terms of looking at the results and then talking right. about yeah. what the, the right. implications are for right. Penn State. Right. I would 
agree. Of course, we get it on our calendar now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else? Yeah, I just want to add one more thing that you might want to consider, and this is partly what are you going to do with the data and partly processing the data, is that very often it's recommended that once you have the information back from the adult learner survey that you might want to do focus groups with adult students saying this is the data, this is what came back from this survey. Um, let's talk about it. You know, when you say that this is very important to you but you're not satisfied with it, give, to, you know, give me some experiences of, of how this, this played out for you here on this campus. And that can be very valuable because you know, these statements you know, they have some, uh, they're specific in some ways, but they're also generic. And so you want to hear the stories behind those things. So if you, you might want to put that in your planning process, and it would also make your adult students really feel heard. Yeah. That this is really important, that you filled out the survey, and we're coming back to you to find out why you said certain things in the survey. Um, and also, just a, a short anecdote, um, there was, and this is, I think, it may or may not be in that case study book, but Widener University, one of the things that they found was, um, this, this comes up very often as a, as a, a gap, is the course, course availability. Because you, know, you just can't have courses at every moment of the day and night when students need them. Um, and so th that was a real sticking point with their students. But once they got in and started talking to the students, they realized that the students were not at all the students that were complaining were the students that were not using the educational planning tools that were available to them that planned out, like, you need to take your courses in this sequence in order for you to graduate by this day. Okay. And they, they, would, they um, developed something where they put it up on the web. So because the students that were coming to the advisors, they found what they could at least get them to go to the web to see that information. So it wasn't necessarily that they had to, had to add more courses to deal with this issue with their students. They just needed to make sure that they had the, the planning information that they needed. So it's those kinds of things that that's not something they could have figured out just by looking at that one item and it scores behind it. Yeah. So just it's something I would recommend. Mm -hmm. um, I, I also want to say related to that, that um, also in here, uh, one of the things that happens is that institutions uh, sometimes use the results as an educational opportunity, I mean, to teach the students something that uh, perhaps they're not aware of or they give very little importance to that's really a big issue, um, but it, it, it's used as a way to move forward with um, providing student services that they hadn't thought of before or they thought they had been providing but hadn't been. what were our issues or whatever coming in, one of the things I said was that how do we get to populations we're currently not serving? And in all the discussions we went through today, I didn't hear any, any way to get to those students that are not our students. Well, if we go to the students who are enrolled, because if they've never been enrolled, they're not, these questions are not, I don't think, pertinent. But if, if we take like the last three semesters of adult students who have taken classes, or the last yeah, five semesters, or, you know, depending on if, if that makes a whole lot of difference. And one thing I just thought of is kind of um, not the right thing politically to say, but 
what about if we looked at the world campus students as not our students? You know, that, so that would be another way of dicing that to be able to say those are people who could potentially be our students, but they're not our students from CE's perspective. Likewise, the resident mm -hmm. instruction adult students could be our students, but they're not our students. I'm not sure. I'm having trouble following yeah, this. Yeah. The, uh, the survey, th these tools are really designed for students that are enrolled. Mm -hmm. And the, the population that you're talking about, the students that are not here, mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's, a difficult, it's difficult to try to get yeah. their input. Um, and, and, and when you're comparing what you've said about yourself, to what they've said, I mean, you're not going to be looking at apples to apples. One, two, if we're going to take this information, perhaps use it for marketing, then we reach some of the students we haven't reached before because we're giving them the information that we know other students want to hear. Chris, I have a very good point, which is something that has, you know, that we've thrown around and debated for a long time in, in research as well, is when we are collecting data getting information, um, we are excluding a large population that Penn State hasn't touched and hasn't reached. And, and how do we serve those people? How do we reach those people? How do we market to those people? That's not the value for this process. I think that's a, a totally separate uh, issue that, that, yes, I think we have technology that we need to address, um, but you know, this is existing students and how we're serving them. Um, we just have to recognize the limitation of this study as being specifically for existing students. In, in addition, it seems to me that um, some of these um, items that might be of high importance may be universal. And it may be that the students who are here are just more persistent than those who have dropped out. And what we found is that um, institutions who've used these instruments and then implemented some changes do have higher retention rates than they had before. And so you'd want to have retention. That seems to me that's one of the goals, particularly if you're concerned with economic development in the area and providing a, an educated workforce. And it may be that um, whatever is identified as an area that is going to be um, impacted because of this study could then also affect students who are not yet here. So it's a secondary. Yeah. The gap that we we that you're talking about, Chris, and that we need to be working on at some point when like you might want to think about it is Penn State has about eleven to twelve percent adult learners. Pennsylvania has twenty-two percent. National is you might know this better than I do, thirty some percent, close to forty percent. So the gap is 10% between Penn State and the state, um, another 20 or some you know, percent between Penn State and national level. That, that's the gap that needs to be addressed somehow, somewhere, but maybe not through the study. Mm -hmm. Actually, though, that um, it suggests the significant problem we have right now in Pennsylvania not reaching the goals, yeah. given yeah. national level. Yeah. Thank you for this. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, next steps, um, just maybe in review, 
and uh, let's, um, you know, feel free to jump in and add. Um, you formed some committees, um, so schedule meetings with those committees, and your committees are the ones to identify which adult learners will be surveyed, to identify your additional 10 items if you choose to use them in the adult learner inventory, and your logistics committee, um, which I presume is not only going to look at, you know, how are you going to get the information out to the adult learners and how are you going to actually do the survey, um, you know, in the classrooms as you've discussed as one option, um, and then your timelines for the administration of both tools. Um, so you will identify those supplemental items, you'll identify your process and your timetable for the um, adult learner survey. You will determine whether you're going to use the student ID number or some equivalent, um, the issue around confidentiality, and when that's been determined then we'll have to be in touch with Noel Levitz in order to give them those numbers. Um, and could we, pardon me, could we doesn't Noel Levitz usually just give them a number? Yes. So yes. it would just, if we aren't using student IDs, would there be any point to giving them numbers? Well, if you want to be able to determine which of your students have responded or not. Okay. Okay. Um, so if you do this by giving a number, but you know internally in your, your data operations which student that links to, but it's still confidential. Becky? Jenny Ishler will put the dimensions on this. Okay. I will uh, talk with her tomorrow okay. and have her get in touch with you. Okay, thank you. Um, for the institutional self-assessment survey, you will, someone, and I presume Becky, that's probably you, uh, or a combination of you and Wayne, invite the others uh, to be involved on the team, the names that have been mentioned and determine their level of involvement, whether you want them to sit in the meetings or whether you want them just to respond uh, to data that you're collecting. Um, and uh, again, um, develop the timeline for when these meetings will happen and how and you're going to do that. Um, and questions that arise along the way in terms of, you know, what next? Um, contact me, you have my contact details. Um, and, you know, any of us would be happy to help. Uh, regrettably, Ruth is not on staff any longer, so we only have her when we, you know, pull her in for a special project. Really? But Judy, or, oh. she's doing other interesting things oh, okay. with her life <laughs> So this is just the occasional thing. Mm -hmm. We're really well, we're fortunate. <laughs> Very glad she was able to come and be with us today. Um, and uh, Judy and I, of course, are on staff and are available as needed. So um, other things that we've identified that you have on your list um, to do. I heard that you want Kale to um, at least email you the, the 10, well, the items that we came up with. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be in raw form. Oh, correct. Right. So sure. Feedback back. And also, right. we um, will be sending this to you, Becky. Okay. I have. To others. You have just the one copy. Correct? I can send that for all of us. Oh, okay. Because okay. Okay. Um, that really gives you a lot of background on the principles. Okay. When are the 10 questions due? Uh, about a week before you're going to administer, uh, the week 
Noel Levitz needs about a week between the time you want to administer the survey to the adult, learner, to the adult learners um, to um, organize the passcode. You might want to give them a little bit more time if you're going to be using your own passcodes. I would have that conversation early, sure. and I have the contact information for you. Um, and then, but they need about a week to load your open items and get it set up on the web. So they can do that quite quickly. Okay. If you know the, the timeline earlier, you can tell them earlier. And, and um, Julie Bryant, who, who's your contact there, um, you know, she may, she's a good resource once you've worked on your open items to get her feedback on whether or not they're really going to work for you. And on the specific wording. Well, on the specific wording, yeah. She may help you wordsmith that a little bit once you've got that more together. I spoke a little bit with Julie at the KidCon. Oh, good. So you know her. Yeah. Right. So we, we talked a little bit about logistics of having, you know, trying to do that confidentiality. Oh, um, good. Okay, so she's great. Good. So we started a conversation with her. Okay. Well, she's a wonderful um, partner and, and very easy to work with. Any final, uh, anyone else? Any final comments? Just uh, one thing I would like to say is uh, when we have this uh, faculty meeting in January, it would be useful, Michael, if you could be there to talk a little bit about, from your perspective, what we're up to here. We're thinking about Martin Luther King's birthday that evening. Okay, that's the day before classes. Right, that's the day before classes. Oh, she's short. not kidding. I thought I had um, a Christmas comment. <laughs> <laughs> This is what happened. This is from being an adult student and having to put things in everywhere. I worked full time and did my dissertation, so you could understand. You do only state holidays, whatever the state government does. So Christmas break was a break. Oh, not always even. Yeah, we don't have that. Our break is all those little holidays filled up in the fall. I see. You mean your end of year break? Yeah. Well, Mike, you have big shoes to fill to represent the faculty here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I just wanted to thank uh, all of you uh, from Kale for your uh, coming here. And, and if we had done this right, we could have actually creamery and ice cream for you because that's the real big deal. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but you do get some Penn State chocolates. Oh, so thank you very how much. nice. Thank, thank you so much. Are these made of creamer? So, thanks very much. We had Penn State yogurt, creamery yogurt yes. this morning. How was that? Oh, oh, that was so good. And your books over there, right? That's right. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you. Study that was the very first, you know, getting us started on this whole notion of that then became the principles and then became the, the assessment tools. <laughs> so these are six best practices institutions. Uh, remember, this data was kept. This data from 1999. Yes.
All right, everybody, thank you very much. Appreciate those of you who were not part of our for taking the time, Jane and Betty, it was great. Thank you for hosting this, and it's a pleasure. And thank you for the chocolates, too. And happy holidays to everyone.